Hello, everybody. This is Joey J. Ping here from Respect My Region. I'm excited to be back again on the North American Weed Tour podcast. We are here today with two wonderful individuals from Cream of the Crop out of San Diego. Today, we have the CEO and co-founder, Dustin Milner, as well as Dan Gleiberman, Director of Business Development. Fellas, it is an honor to have you. Thank you for being here with me today. Hey, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. Likewise. Thank you for having us, my friend. Man, I, I, I want to start off by just getting right down to some of the good nitty gritty cream of the crop. It's a premium cannabis brand. You're based in Southern California, San Diego specifically, right? Um, for the people that don't know who you two are, what you all do, maybe your background a little bit. Can I just get a brief introduction? Uh, if you wouldn't mind, um, Dustin, if we can start with you, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, my name is Dustin Milner, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder. Our company is actually called Better Than Good Holdings, but we're known by our brand, Cream of the Crop. Mm -hmm. uh, I primarily handle you know, kind of all things business related. So investor relations, uh, some business development alongside with Dan, uh, growth strategy, those kinds of things. That's, so, that's huge. So, and for you, I, we said a little bit offline, you have a Washington background. So just like kind of us, were you in cannabis back in the day in Washington? You know what? I, I wasn't actually. My uh, my co-founder, uh, he's also uh, he started in cannabis in Washington back in 2012, and then we linked up uh, and started. I think cream of the crop. Cream of the crop actually started in Washington in 2013 uh, wow. with Scott. And so yeah, it's like back with uh, we had cookies and cream and OGKB testing over 30 percent back in back in 2013. Wow, those uh, were the days, man. Those were the days. So yeah, so the, the brand actually started up in Washington, uh, but then we brought it to to California in 2015, and been doing our thing here ever since. 215 and 64 and ever since. All of it, baby. I love it. And then now with with you over there, Mr. Gleiberman, you've got a business development specialist uh, background. Like what what. What does that entail in the cannabis industry, right? What you you you're clearly growing this brand alongside, uh, the, you know, the the founder or one of the co-founders here. What is your experience as someone who does business development in the cannabis space? I mean, my my experience started back in uh, 2014. Um, I helped develop and grow a brand called Cushy Punch um, back mm -hmm. in the 215 days. Um, so I got a really, really in-depth understanding of not only how to develop and foster relationships um, inside of the retail space, but also how to grow and develop a, a brand. Um, we we did a lot of things back in the days that were you know that are normal now. Um, we were one of the first pioneers of uh, back then called Patient Appreciation Days. Yep. Um, we were very, very integral um, in the growth of Cushy Punch and taking it to becoming uh, at the end of uh, the Prop 215 days as one of the most recognizable and heavily used um, edibles in the state of California. Um, and that has transitioned uh, hugely into my role here at Better Than Good and with Cream of the Crop. Um, I specialize in not only the retail level of our relationships with our retail partners, but also, you know, developing partnerships inside of cannabis that help level us up um, and help us grow uh, to be a more widely recognizable brand. Um, I would say that the the most important part of what I do is developing relationships uh, with our retail partners and creating a platform that is not one dimensional, but a, a partnership and providing as much value as we possibly can as a company to our partners um, and helping them grow and helping us grow at the same time. 
and I like I like the the, the fundamental yeah. commitment to truly looking at it as like a, as a real partnership, right? This is it's a capitalist society. We're all trying to survive. We're trying to make money. We're trying to make this a real business as legitimate as we can, as thriving as we can. But without approaching it from, with the right fundamentals, the right core uh, things that you guys value, it can be extremely hard. So for you guys, and, and I guess I, this can be for one or both of you guys both have unique perspectives on it. I'm interested in learning a little bit about your guys' mission statement or what COTC truly stands for, right? What is the soul of this brand, right? There's so many brands out there now. I, I there's these. I got a quote the other day at Hall of Flowers that was like, you know, it seems like there's like 15 brands a week launching right now, which seems a little high, maybe 30 or, or less, I don't know. But like, what really separates you guys? What is the soul of COTC? I mean, it's that's easy. It's, it's quality and consistency. You know, mm -hmm. that's what it's always been about. That's what uh, fostered the brand cream of the crop in the first place. I mean, our origin story was, you know, dates back obviously a while back to back to like 2012, 2013. But the whole premise was, you know, we're buying flour from from other growers and having no idea what they're putting in it, don't know what they're spraying on it, don't know how they're growing it or how they're curing it. And this was like well back before testing was standardized and you know cannabis was regulated. So it became a thing where it's like, man, you know, we want to smoke the best weed and we didn't really just didn't trust like the, you know, some of the folks that, that we were getting the weed from, like, we just didn't know what was in it. So we said like, Hey, you know, let's just do this ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and indoor versus outdoor for you. I mean, I know you're an indoor brand now, but it was like, was there a reason for that going like choosing that back in the day? Was, was I mean, it, 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 that? best of the best, right? It's like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I like outdoor weed too. I think, out, you know, outdoor weed's great. You can get a better turf profile, like nothing replicates the sun. But at the end of the day, if you want the best quality flower, it's like you need the environmental controls of an indoor environment yeah so you know it really became well if we want to if we want to smoke the best like we just got to grow it ourselves then we'll know what's going in it we'll know every step of the process we'll know everything and we we can then smoke our own flower uh and so early on like our motto is like no steps skip no processes rushed made with love intended to heal and really that kind of embodied you know everything that we're doing it's we're not taking any shortcuts in a lot of cases we're doing things that may not be the most profitable way to do it but we do it because we believe in the outcome and and ultimately the quality of the flower that we're going to consume so absolutely quality and consistency is uh really the the ethos that uh, that cream of the crop lies in i love it i love it i love it now do you feel then i mean in terms of the strains that you guys are offering do you guys feel that every single one of those strains also kind of emulates that core that core commitment of quality consistency and all that does does the are you picking a certain strain or creating a certain product that also has a higher chance of delivering uh you know a more premium experience yeah i mean you know the <laughs> the amount of strains and that are available on the market today is that's just an ever-evolving ever-changing landscape and mm -hmm. so you know, we have a, a staple rotation of about a dozen uh, flower, you know, dozen flavors that we grow. Uh, but we're always mixing in new things, looking for the next, you know, the next best thing also. Um, so we, we keep a pretty broad menu of, you know, we're always, always popping new seeds and doing new pheno hunts, looking for new flowers. And, you know, the objective is, uh, even as we're going through those pheno hunts, I mean, what we really care about is, is flavor and effect, right? So okay. it's a little, little more, we care a little bit more about flavor and effect than we do like aesthetic. Um, and so that's that's really what we're after when we're when we're looking at the the cultivars we're growing. Yeah, and I think you know from from something on my side of things that that gets portrayed to the retailers, which obviously then gets pushed out to the customer side of things. 
you know, we, we are very meticulous in grading every single batch um, and making sure that our five-star standard is met every single time, um, which I think is a huge differentiator for us just because if we find, you know, a strain is doing very well, it's, it's very easy to kind of hit the repeat button uh, mm -hmm. and just start putting stuff out into the market. Uh, but we have a meticulous process that we check every batch, every bag, um, making sure that what we're putting into the market does have our cream of the crop stamp um, on top of it. And it doesn't matter. I mean, he gets kind of mad sometimes when we are on the poll side where it's like it does not meet that, but it's close. You yeah. know, for us, if it doesn't meet it, like that's the end of it. We don't want that in the market. And that's why we've been able to extend and why we um, have a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee on anything that we put into our jars and any of our products uh, because that standard is so high. So what, what does that mean? A hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Does that mean you'll credit the retailer if there's a complaint or an attempt to return it? Oh, not someone the retailer. DMs you guys, what, what, is, the it? Customer, what is it? Yeah, the, the customer. I mean, if, if you've ever like, you know, this, this is one of the things that when we, first set out to build the company said so like well what do we want what do we want this thing to be about it ultimately comes down to customer satisfaction you know and trust right like a brand promise is only as far as it's really only as valuable as you can trust it so yep creating trust between us and and the, the you know the wonderful people that support us and consume our products is everything and part of that trust factor is if you buy one of our products and you're not satisfied with it we'll replace it we'll get you a new one and a lot of times we go above and beyond we'll get you a new one and something else just for the hassle absolutely so it's kind of like the nordstrom policy you know it's like the reason that you shop at nordstrom isn't because you like necessarily love the clothes it's because if something goes wrong or like something shrinks or something tears or a seam pops or whatever mm -hmm. you can bring it back to nordstrom and they'll give you your money back or replace it for you no questions asked absolutely nine times out of ten it's easier than doing it you know most other shit yeah. it's easier than buying it sometimes depending on <laughs> and, and, and ours is ours is the same thing it's like at the end of the day we want our customers to know that every single time you pick up a cream of the crop product, you're going to love it. And if you don't, we're going to make it right. And that's yeah. it. And the that's thing for, for us too is in, in that from a sales perspective, that's very important is, is why, right? Like we, we do pretty much give the get out of jail free card. Like we don't have any constraints as to what those reasons are. But the thing that's important to me is we want to know what that, what fostered that, subpar experience so that we yep. can fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't hear about anything, uh, I can't fix it. But if, if there's something that's going on, you know, we've made adjustments through the years, um, listening to our customers and making sure that they're heard and that these things are implemented if needed. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know, over, over the years we have, I mean, we've, we've put hundreds of thousands of jars into the market and the amount of, um, responses that we've gotten are sub that were subpar are, are very very low but majority of those customers that did have whatever didn't meet their standard like they're still lifelong customers today and that's that's our goal and we have the end consumer in mind because we are consumers ourselves. yeah so we're out there thinking about purchasing our own product and i buy something that doesn't meet the standard i'm going to be mad and if a brand's not taking care of me for that subpar experience, I'm never touching that brand again, you know? And for us, we realize like people, people's money is important to them, you yeah. know, and especially with the way the recreational market is these days for exotic cannabis, like it's not cheap. So mm -hmm. we understand that and we understand that people are putting their hard earned dollars into our brand 
And we want to respect that and let them know that we've got their back. I, I personally love that. I didn't know that about your brand. You know, obviously that's not something to be abused, but it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things. Well, I don't even think it could be abused. You guys would ask and have conversations every time. Like you said, you're really interested in the why and the how. And I think it's pretty cool is if they actually send you photo of the jar and there's a whole UBI and all that stuff to that jar, you can technically identify if that batch may or may not got a, you know, an awkward transition from a room, right? Maybe it's a little hay or a little grassy simply because it got exposed to the heat in the wrong day or time. Now that would never make it past your guys's grading. Right. Right? It's, it's typically, I mean, the, the returns that we do get typically aren't related to like hay smell or grass smell or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's a challenge because we as a brand, we can only control so many things, you know, and when we send our products to a retailer to sit on a retail shelf, like we have no idea how they're controlling the humidity in their, you know, in their room or in their storage room. Exactly. So like they could have a really, really dry, just dry climate. And then that will ultimately pull, we do everything we can to prevent this, but sometimes it'll pull the humidity out of the flower itself and you'll end up yeah. with something pretty dry. You know, so those things, those things do happen. Right. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's really just about trust. And so you as a consumer, if you're purchasing a cream, the crop product, you know, you're either going to be really happy with it because of the amount of love and dedication we put into it, or, you know, that we're going to replace it for you. And a lot of times we'll go above and beyond and, and uh, make sure that, you know, we compensate for your time as well. That's huge. That's super huge. And I, and I love the explanation on that as well. I appreciate you guys. And I'm sure the customers do as well. It allows them to really, I, I say this a lot on the show, mitigate the risk that comes with cannabis, right? I'm a patient. I may, I might just be sitting here smoking a gram joint now, but I feel like crap all day. Right. So it's like until the joint use does the stuff or until I get the strain or until I discover what I'm looking for, we need, we need greater access. And you guys making sure that patients can have the experience that they're used to, you know, that they're accustomed to is, is huge. Now for you guys, I'd like to dive into a little bit of uh, what are the, all the different SKUs that you guys currently offer? I know you guys offer eights. I think I've seen pre-rolls. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to take it, that. It so cream of the crop has developed um, over the years and, you know, we've, we've taken things very slowly when it comes to launching new SKUs. Um, but to kind of give you a, a, a macro level of, of the flower options to start, I mean, our flagship is obviously our eighth, our eighth of bigs um, is our heavy, heaviest moving SKU bar, bar none. Um, but we have developed um, some different options to really reach more different types of customers. Um, it also, it all starts with understanding the budgets of most consumers. And when you're looking at 55 plus dollar eights pre-tax, that's a hard commitment out the gate. Yeah. So the fact that we have a very strict nug count in our eights leaves over a lot of B and C buds, um, that don't make our nug size constraint. So we've, we've now offer three different varieties of B and C options. We have grams, we have eighths of smalls, as well as half ounces of smalls, which um, I've noticed operate in two separate ways. Um, they're, they're a great entry point for someone that's maybe not ready to commit to that $55, $60 eighth that yep. wants to get something that is a little bit lower in cost. But it also allows for customers that love the bigs, that love those more expensive eighths, to have an option for a more cost-effective smoke that you know between all of us that have consumed cannabis for a long time smalls or bigs are going to get you the same type of high so when we have those varieties in the smaller options that allows for a more cost effective entry into our products 
And then in regards to flour, we have a couple of different pre-roll options. We've got an all flour option, which comes in two half gram um, cones. Now the, the differentiator for us in those cone options is that we actually use all nug, no shake, no trim, no boo-boo, none, none of the leftovers. Um, these are all testing well over 30% THC. They give a gorgeous terp drip along the, along the J. Um, so we've got those. We just recently dropped our, what we call our diamond roll. Um, which is two half gram straight rolls, but diamond infused to up the potency. And then we have this bad boy right here that I'm currently smoking on, which is our multiple award winning diamond barrel. So this particular product right here uh, has won five different first place trophies. It has gotten first in every single contest that we've entered it in, including the most recent one, which was High Times NorCal. Uh, we've won wow. best joint in that category. Now, this bad boy right here, uh, obviously the inside is super important. 1.2 grams of hand-picked, hand-ground flour combined with 0.2 grams of selected diamonds to match the cultivar on the inside. But really the differentiator outside the product is the aesthetic. So there's a black stone obsidian tip here at the bottom um, that actually has healing, natural healing properties. It does not get hot, which is a really cool differentiator when you're looking at the nicer hand rolls in the market. Um, if you're using glass or quartz or anything like that, it does get hot when you get closer to the base. Um, the black stone, <laughs> so you can legitimately smoke this bad boy till the last piece of flour and diamond left in the roll. And then the black paper, which sometimes scares connoisseur level smokers, is actually an all natural soy paper. And if you take a look here at the tip, it does not change the ash color. We still have all nice white ash and it does not affect the flavor. So we're still able to get that premium smoking experience, flavor-wise, potency-wise, but giving this an aesthetic difference that literally is unmatched in the market. Um, so those well, are the I've never heard of a soy wrap. The aesthetic itself, it's like there's no other, I mean, there's there's just nothing like it on the market in any state that I've seen. Correct. You know, we uh, we took our time with this one. I mean, we were in R&D on this product for about eight months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just figuring out the right combination of flour and diamonds and the rolling method, how to ensure a smooth, even burn all the way down to even the, the mouth tip itself. I mean, we we tried glass, we tried wood, we tried ceramic, we tried, I mean, pretty much everything that was readily available. And ultimately, we had to find a, a gemstone manufacturer um, to produce these for us. Wow. A gemstone manufacturer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we found, uh, you know, found this group that was able to do uh, black obsidian with the exact length and, and diameter and, and hole size that we wanted for the proper pole. So it's we went through a lot of, you know, like I said, no step skip, no process rushed. I mean, it was, we don't rush any product to market and this was no exception. We really took our time because we wanted to create something special. So I guess does since you use a natural product like gemstone, does that mean that this product is more eco-friendly? This is, I mean, I, I would make the argument that, I mean, these, this, the mouthpiece itself, you know, you, you'll smoke it in the diamond barrel, but you can use it to then, I mean, you can use it as a mouthpiece for every joint you roll after that. A lot of the customers we see will re-roll their joints um, with these mouthpieces. I mean, we've even had customers collect them and create uh, necklaces or bracelets out of them. Um, there's, there's quite a multitude of uses, but the, this, the pure factor of that one, that reusable uh, effect where it does not absorb any of the resin uh, from the flower is a huge, huge differentiator. Um, and, and it really just stems from us creating something 
that we would want to smoke ourselves, right? <laughs> like nothing against cones out there, you know, there's great cones. That's not something I personally would smoke. You know, I, I'm not a big cone person. I either like to roll my own or smoke dabs. Like this is something that literally all of us, if you look at his ashtray right now, are filled <laughs> yeah. with these tips that's, because it's, it's that's all what I it is. Now. Yeah, it's just, it has a different feel to it than anything yeah. else. Uh, I mean, even just the weight of the, you know, the product itself, it just, it, Perfectly it has balanced. a different feel. Perfectly balanced to where, I mean, I'm already in the middle of smoking it, so the balance is off, but prior to smoking, you can put your finger uh, right where the tip ends and the flower starts, and it will perfectly balance on your finger. Like, it's it's these little intricate details um, that, that really separate this product, and I think, obviously, the the undefeated nature of this particular product in competition form um, has, has proven the fact that, you know, the market feels the same way. It's the, it's an elite smoke. It's got a luxury vibe and experience. It's curated. You guys are stuck sticking your guys's premium indoor grown SoCal San Diego flower in it. What kind of genetics are you guys putting in those? I mean, it all depends. I mean, we only do this. We only do these in, in like small batches. So we'll mm -hmm. take them in, you know, 15 to two, 1500 to 2000 uh, batch batch sizes um but basically every time we do one we try to pair the you know we'll pair the flower with the diamonds to get the best possible flavor so anytime we release a batch we've already smoked like eight different combinations which like yeah. it's probably my favorite part of the job but yeah. <laughs> we try a lot of different combinations to get the ones that work yeah this particular one is actually one we have in the market right now it's our black mamba og flower okay. uh, in combination with our citrus cake uh diamonds so it really gives, you know, our Black Mamba, uh, Black Mamba OG is actually a very unique OG strain that actually has some fruity, uh, fruity notes to it. Talk so you to find me. that fruity note flavor with the OG hit, and then you add that citrus cake, more of that citrusy flavor, uh, kind of cherry on top, and it just gives an amazing combination of potency but flavor at the same yeah. time. More indicas though, right? We really don't do a ton of sativas in these. These are from the customer feedback that we've gotten when people are experiencing these. This is not like your pre-hike item. This is like your nightcap item. This is something that you're enjoying with some close friends. Um, it's it's definitely more on the indica heavy for sure uh, for the strains that we normally pair in this. I think of all of the strains we've done, we've done maybe one sativa over you know 20 total flavors that have dropped over since we've uh, launched this product. I mean, the, fun, um, the fun fruity flavors really add an element to the potency ones, the dosidos, the OGs, the gelatos that are all out there. Like, it's definitely like I personally like to smoke to feel not so sober. And, exactly. you know, and that could be a combination of head high, body high, um, euphoria, you know, lethargicness, you know, whatever it is. And I, you know, I like the occasional sativa spin on it if it's got the right flavor, right? I think we all know that out there in the market right now, that lemon cherry gelato is a flavor that all the hype boys are just searching for all the time, right? And I think, that's I think um, you know, in regards to the hypey nature of some of the strains out in the market right now, uh, we definitely listen, but at the same time, we want to be different. Um, yeah. We, we want to be, you know, not only bringing genetics that aren't readily available out in the exotic space, but we're also very transparent in actually what our genetics are, which is a big differentiator. On every single jar that we drop, we share what the genetics are. We want the consumer to know what the lineage of that flower that they're smoking so that, that if they do or when they do enjoy it, they know what they're enjoying, right? It's not just about a pretty name that catches an eyeball, but it's like, okay, well, what, where did that plant come from? Where did that genetic come from? So we, we double down and share the genetics on every jar. And we also put the top three terpenes 
uh, and what percentages they fall into on every one of our products. Flour, we do it on concentrates, which is another one of the cream of the crop products. Uh, we have a high terpene lineup, which does think, but has some of those exquisite high terp profiles that I've ever seen um, on, on your lower price brackets, concentrates ranging from six to 11% on the terp profile and still yeah. boasting 85 plus percent THC upwards of the mid nineties. Well, you didn't mention the, the FSO, which uh, is something we're also professional about. hundred um, percent. I mean, would you like to share that or do you want me to kind of dive into yeah, the sales side? So full spectrum oil, um, sometimes people refer to it as Rick Simpson oil. That's where the name was originally coined. Uh, but Mr. Rick, obviously that, that was his particular recipe. We have our version, which we're putting out into the market called our full spectrum oil. Uh, essentially what this is, is it's a fully activated cannabis oil utilizing an a ethanol extraction method, um, which still allows the five major cannabinoids um, to be present in this product. But the, the sad part about this skew that most people don't understand is that without Rick, without FSO, without Rick Simpson oil, we wouldn't be here today. Like this is where medical cannabis really got its legs and really started getting uh, amazing results for patients across a wide variety of categories that's why we had the momentum that we built inside of the 215 world to become now a recreational fully taxed product and in, in industry is because there was medical value there so our fso uh come we have four different ratios which is a huge differentiator um majority of the fso's in the market are a high thc factor we've yep. got a one to one a two to one and a one to four ratio which gives different patients and different consumers of different uh, tolerance levels or different ailments the ability to create a dose or create something for themselves that's particular to what they're looking for. Um, yeah. Great is that you can eat this product, so it can be ingested top or uh, in, in, it can be ingested. It can also be baked with, so you can yeah. enjoy your own edibles, and it can also be um, used in a topical manner, so you can mix it with an oil base. Uh, if you've got any ailments on your skin, um, if you've got any pain or, or sore joints, things of that nature, you can actually use it in a topical nature as well. But we, we are so passionate about that, about that product. We partake in um, a multitude of different compassion programs up and down the state where we work with patients that have um, high needs for that particular product and maybe not necessarily the budget to do it. Um, mm -hmm. we, we give back with that product well, and this regularly. Is, this has actually you know, kind of been a, an important part of our journey. The, uh, we started making Rick Simpson oil. I mean, this was, like, we, if we rewind back to 2012, this is one of the first products we made. So we were just taking, you know, all the trim material, leftover biomass, and started making cannabis butter, and then like saw the Rick Simpson method, and started producing that. And it was, uh, you know, a friend of ours, mom had cancer, um, we convinced her to start, you know, to try this, kind of showed her some of the Rick Simpson testimonials online, and she started taking it, and it's, she was the first of, you know, well over 50 now, where it's just miraculous outcomes from the use of, of this plant and, and specifically the, the full spectrum oil. And we're not, I mean, we're not the only brand that, that provides that. I mean, it's a pretty uh, important part of the industry and where we all came from, but the whole compassion program and idea of, you know, utilizing the plant to produce a product that can help heal someone's incredibly serious health ailment. I mean, that means that some fathers are around that wouldn't have been, mothers are around that wouldn't have been, daughters are around that wouldn't have been. Absolutely. Uh, things like that, that you know, just 
you know, it, it leaves you speechless when you see some of the, the outcomes and, and some of the, the looks on people's faces after uh, receiving a, an update from a doctor. It's pretty incredible. I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm actually one of the people that it's, it's kind of saved as well. You know, I have, uh, I've got kidney stones and chronic, you know, I would call it, you know, IBS kind of symptoms, depending on my diet. Right. And without getting to like a balanced state with the help of RSO in Seattle, uh, it, it's been very hard for me to be able to get a balanced situation figured out for myself. It, I literally had to, you know, figure out what what could make me feel better, what could help me go to sleep, what could get me through the day when I was eating poorly. And then it got to the point where it was like, all right, this, this, the CBD ones, the one-to-ones, the one-to-fours, some of these different products really started to make <coughs> me not get hungry. And so then I was able to make more intelligent decisions about my diet versus having such high THC driven experiences, right? Which is known to induce munchies. So right. especially when you're first starting to smoke. So the uh, RSO really has helped my family and me uh, and a couple of you know, important people in my life. And so big, big shout out and love and respect to what you guys are doing to help patients out. And I, it sounds like you guys are part of the SP34 program. We did. Yeah, we did. We did start participating with that. I mean, we've, again, uh, from the, from the beginning, I mean, the, one of the core drivers of, of us is, you know, wanting to participate in this industry was some of the miraculous things that the plane can do and wanting to share that with as many people as possible. So it's great that uh, California put some, some regulations uh, forth that, that allow us to continue that, that, that line of work. But man, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's just a really incredible plant. So for, for you guys, you mentioned that you guys are cultivating flour and you guys are also doing some uh, concentrates. Do you, for you two personally, do you guys have a preference as to what you guys enjoy more? I mean, obviously you're, you know, we got smokers, but do you enjoy more of the growing or more of the extraction? Do you, you know, you, do you like watching diamonds grow of your own products and stuff and all that fun <laughs> stuff? All the I science, mean, you know? I love seeing the finished, the finished flower from a room. It's amazing. It's just amazing to watch the whole process, you know, to see something go from, tiny little clone up to these, you know, big, beautiful buds that are covered in resin. And, and then to see that dry and cured out and have the nose actually come out of it. It's just, it's a magical process altogether. Uh, I'm more of a flower fan than anything. And, and pretty much I only uh, smoke diamond pearls exclusively now, but Daniel yeah. probably speaks more of the diamonds. I mean, for me, uh, I'm a consumer at heart. You know, I respect the process of cultivation. That's not my personal passion. Uh, mm -hmm. I love the finished product. <laughs> across all specters, you know, I, I smoke flower and I dab every day, just kind of depends, you know, if it's more of a social setting for me, I'm, I'm a flower type, right? Yeah. It's a lot easier to partake in a, in, a, in a longer type of session with flower versus heating up a dab, waiting for it to cool down, then you go. Heating up a dab, then you wait till it cools down, then you go. So, I mean, yeah. I dab every day, I smoke flower every day, but socially more flower for me. And then when it's, you know, time for me to really get stony and knock out or get into a calmer mental state, uh, that's where I like to bring the dabs into the equation. What about you, my man? Like, what's, what's your favorite? Um, I'd have to say, you know, smoking weed, you know, took care of the nausea. You know, smoking weed created the opportunity to think differently and be, be creative in, in a whole different vein that I ever thought I would be. Um, it's also created some problems, you know, just being involved in cannabis. It's also created some health problems when you overconsume. Uh, most people think like, how do you, how do you do that? Well, when you have other stuff going on in your body, too much of any one thing can actually 
have negative impact, right? And so um, for me, I really enjoy smoking. I, I quit off the blunts about a year and a half ago now. And so I'm, uh, I'm not, yeah. And, and so I really enjoy smoking a fat ass joint at this point. And with COVID and all the other, you know, I, I used to write basketball, so I really didn't like you. I didn't really like sharing before with people, but you know, all the wet ass blunts that you share with people and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. At some point you're just like, nah, I'm cool. You know, I can connect to that too, man. I used to be uh, seven, eight blunts a day back in my early years in this industry. Yeah. Um, and, and blunts are an occasional thing for me. I'm, I'm paper, uh, only at the moment. Just yeah. like I, I got enough nicotine. <laughs> She's as it is. I don't need another one. Yeah. I can't handle, I can't handle it anymore. The blunt, I just really enjoy the, the, you know, a nice smooth, uh, joint. I personally like to smoke a mixture of OGs and various, uh, gassy exotic strains. Uh, you know, we just, you know, I think today we just named Cushman's as the strain of the year. Damn near everybody grew a version of it or put a cut in it or, uh, you know, tested it, ran it, r and d it. Like, I, I, you know, it was kind of all over the place at one point or another. And then it kind of phased out and then it came back again. And so, so just, a little, just a little point there. We were actually early 2018. We had a Cushman strain yeah. in <laughs> jars in the legal market. Um, which is great. I mean, Sea Junkie, I, in my opinion, has some of the best genetics in the world. Um, and, and we've been lucky enough to get some really cool cuts over the years um, and, be, and been really big on, on bringing his, his genetics to the market in the cream of the crop way, of course. They, uh, the genetic and the breeders out there, man, they really have, uh, they've really identified themselves in the last, you know, obviously cookies, the first, you know, the big brand name version of like genetics, right? But like, Let's be real. The last like five years, breeders have really started to come out and it's like, yo, we're mm -hmm. hyped. You guys are hyped for drops and we're hyped to see who gets it. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. And who, who starts posting about it, right? It's like setting the trend for fashion or for what the beats that are going to come out of the music and shit. Like uh, we're, we are going to name, uh, I'm not sure if we did already, but yeah, Cushman's and Sea Junkie, we feel like their, their genetics is just all over the place. So big shout out to them this year. Um, you guys, I've smoked a number of really fire strains um honestly i don't i just mix like four things together so i'm blanking on some stuff but the the packaging for me always sets you guys on a whole different echelon you guys are up there in that 99th percentile in packaging because you guys do two different things that no that 99 percent of people don't do number one is the terpenes number two is the genetics and those to me cause most brands and products to get lower scores because I, as a customer now have to go search for things online instead of just having it readily available. Right. And so I really want to applaud you guys for that, that to me, that really sets set you guys apart in the industry. Um, the meticulous nature of the flour that you guys have been putting in the jars. I think that is just absolutely incredible. I've never had a bad jar. I've never smoked a spicy, gross, pre-roll. And I think that is huge. I think it says a few different things. You have to sell out fast enough so that it doesn't go bad. Okay. That's a merchandising and sell through thing that I've learned. Right. And then at the same time, I think you mentioned it earlier that a lot of the batches are probably smaller and more craft and more boutique uh, for probably pre-rolls and the diamond tips and things like that. And so um, I'm not seeing any one item over and over again and having it be old versus when I go to some stores or a lot of stores across LA, I see the same strains or the same items from brand to brands, just chilling, 
getting dusty. And I have not ever seen that. It's like, oh, yeah, man, you guys got to get, you know, cream of the crop. It's about to be, you know, we're almost out of it already. It's like the frequent thing I hear with your guys' brand, which is why we wanted to really, you know, learn more and start seeing what we can do together and, you know, start supporting the industry together, right? That makes me yeah, feel good. That means I'm doing my job right. Well, uh, getting that stuff. got to move units. You got to get off the shelf and be fresh. Man, it's, yeah. uh, it's really, we have, there's a lot of people that, that support us and support what we're doing. And ultimately, like, can't even give the biggest shout out to, you know, really goes to the people that support us. 100%. And that, that consume cream of the crop and be fans of cream of the crop, you know, comment and engage with us on the Instagram and social media. I mean, you know, we wouldn't be here without all of them. So let's, if you, if you wouldn't mind, let's give a shout out to, you know, the cultivation team. Let's give a shout out to the extraction team. If there's anybody that, you know, is, is comfortable being shouted out or, you know, however that works with you guys, but like, you know, just to show love to the people that really move and shake behind the scenes to power and, and to create this product and the brand and the, you know, all of it. You guys, you guys have a really wonderful operation um, from a consumer perspective. And so, yeah, I mean, it takes a village, you know, it's like we do uh, all the cultivation ourselves, all of the packaging, the sales, the distribution, the customer support, you know, all of it. So it's, it's really not the, the quality of the product doesn't even just end at the garden, right? Then it's like, how does the production team take care of it? How is mm -hmm. it sort of the facility? And like, how do they handle it when they're packaging it? And there's like so many people that are involved in the value chain of this product that it's uh, when you consume something from cream of the crop, it really is a team effort. Like there's so many people that are collaborating and coming together to produce, to produce cream of the crop and the products that we bring to the market. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, yeah, I mean, huge props to our entire team for sure. I mean, there's not even just one individual. It would be I, I could consume the rest of the show just listing all the people from our team that <laughs> that deserve. All right, all right, here we go. I'm taking it down. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Now this and this to me is very exciting because you guys are clearly passionate about the the true team nature, right? Like I've met some small teams. I've met massive hundreds of Pearson teams in in, in multiple states, and it's always to me it shines through in the fans and what your employee, you know, the culture is like within the business. So for you guys, you guys clearly have some big goals for 2022. We're roughly two weeks away from the end of the year. Um, let's talk about what you guys have coming up. Any exclusive juicy tidbits that we can share to the fans? You know, we got a couple new products that are docketed for, for next year that we're actively working on. We're going to be bringing a bunch of new collabs for the diamond barrel to the market. Hell yeah. Uh, so a lot of, I mean, a lot of exciting things coming up in 2022. Can't really reveal too much of that yet, but definitely okay. safe for sure. Just know that when we do bring new things to the market, that there is every bit of meticulous, just thought process that goes through everything that we, that we're doing prior to hit, to it hitting the market. So when you see something, know it got the COTC stamp of approval. Know that it's freaking fire and approved and diamond barrel potentially ready to go. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. So big things coming in 2022. And then I got some, I got a, a couple, I got a couple personal questions for you guys. Um, you guys are smokers. I'm interested in hearing your guys' top five strains all time. Mm. No wow. particular order unless you know it like that. I mean, for me, I, I fell in love early um, with OG. I mean, a, a pure OG Kush, lucky for me um, in LA. Uh, I was brought up around that. A lot of my longtime friends in this industry were, were some of the first people to ever get their hands on the, the true OG Kush. So, so a good OG for me. Um, truthfully, something that you don't see a ton of these days uh, that's a big fan for me always uh, is the original Blue Dream. 
Uh, for me, like just from a functional side of things was an epic, is, is, and still to this day, a real blue dream just has a flavor profile and a functionality to it that is hard to match. Uh, and then lastly, I mean, like you said earlier, Cushman's has, has worked its way up to the top for me. It just gives that effect to anything that it's crossed with. It doesn't matter if it's the fruitiest of fruity flavors, you yep. still get that heavy, heavy smack uh, from that Cushman's and then the potency uh, just is, is out of this world. Those would definitely be my top three. Um, hard to go beyond that. Those are kind of the first three that really stick for me. That's Dude, fair. Mind. That's fair. I like it. I like it. Mm. Yeah. My, my first, man, my first flame in, in cannabis was OGKB. That was one of the first strains I was really introduced to. And yeah, um, push breath. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it's got a piece of my heart for sure. So my number <laughs> one is definitely the OGKB. I think number two for me, uh, it's probably a good Jack actually. Mm. to another but just a really good old school jack or sour diesel is is also and then that lemon peel i don't remember that oh i do too. 2018. yeah this lemon peel just had the the sweetest lemon turps oh my god flavor was just out of this world that was uh who bred that one that was from archive archive seed bank yeah, yeah. The archive was we had a few of archives genetics in our jars early 2018 that really helped put us on the map uh when it came to bringing cream of the crop to the recreational market and it's it's interesting to hear you guys say that because when I, as a consumer, look back and I'm like, damn, what was I smoking back then? What was I doing this? What was I doing, you know, in 2019, 2020, this year? And it's like this, a lot of this breeder. Oh, shit. A lot of this one. Oh, shit. I smoked like 57 crosses of this guy's stuff. Like Washington is exotic Mike's territory where we're at, right? And Dude, then. Yeah, man, that, that reminds me too. There was the Aria from. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember Aria. Kush for breakfast, man. He dude, Kush for breakfast crushes too. Yeah, exotic, exotic genetics. Mike and Kush for breakfast. All the guys at Archive, and then you got like yeah, art. And then you saw what? Well, uh, I just and then I saw Compound at Emerald Cup. Like it was, and then Colorado out in Colorado. Like well, many, just, yeah, dude. Man, the, there's just bangers out there. Like and like to hear you guys share some of yours. I guess for me, you know, my first love was Dutch Treat in Washington. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, I used to smoke a lot of Dutch Treat in Puyallup, um, yep. the ga gas station up on or some shit like that. Um, I, I two places in one in Puyallup a lot, and then one in West Seattle a lot of Dutch Treat. Like, oh my god! Um, and then I got big as soon as I got to LA. It was uh, OG Kush and Gelatos. Like, like those two things just round out my top three all time. Like, I'll mix any of those things, and then. Um, like, like I said, I, I really like, um, I, I like regular OG cushions just for most people, but I definitely want to shout out two specific, uh, like two or one specific cut. Like the Marathon OG to me is bar none, um, just because of the context surrounding Nipsey. It's it's a different kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like the tree's fire. Like Nipsey's, Nipsey's yeah. whole story is great, but I mean. Like the tree are, is, the tree is fire. Like yeah. the tree, the nugs. Whatever it is, every time I hand that shit to someone, it it fucks them up. And the when you smoke OG Kush in LA, and you're standing downtown, and you're smoking Marathon OG, that shit's different. You know what I mean? Uh, I can imagine it would be like smoking Blue Dream, and you were up in Santa Cruz back in the day, right? About to go surfing, like some real different LA kind of shit. So to me, that's like a different standout one. Um, I I also wanna, I want to throw back to uh, like a true gassy orangey mimosa. Right, that mimosa kind of disappeared, so I definitely miss a really orangey uh, but gassy experience. Uh, and then, where'd the real cookies go? Because cookies, cookies flower is just 
and on, on most consumers opinion, right? It's just not worth it. Um, and so bring back that original burner cut cookies, that forum cut cookies, right? Those, those original super frosty, you know, knock you out cuts, like so heavy sedative. Um, I miss, I miss that from back in, in some of those dates, you guys were, you know, the good 2013 through 2016 era, uh, cookie, cookie cuts. Um, other than that, um, and my next question for you guys, we're a music blog, right? Uh, as we round out the conversation, I'm interested in if you guys have any like favorite music artists and who those might, who those top three might be for you guys, dead or alive. Mm, you got to go first on that one. No, you got to go first. Okay. <laughs> I gotta go uh, my Spotify. I'm a big fan of, of, so let's start with the alive category. Um, Russ is, is, uh, mm. is a big favorite of mine. Hey, okay. Uh, I've seen Russ live probably four or five times over the years. I, I mean, who he is today. I just love the, the stories that he tells through his music. Um, they really uh, attach to me personally. Um, to the kind of the, the deceased category, I, I love I love me some old school rap. Uh, I, Snoop back in the day was one of my favorites. I still listen to old Snoop music today. Uh, and I mean, I, I've got a Nipsey channel on my Pandora playing probably every other day. Um, yeah. I, I've got some really just connectivity to some of the grind and the type of mindset uh, that Nip had over the years. And, and I... I just really connect with those with those artists for sure. Dope. So so a little bit of old school Snoop. We got a Nip playlist, and then your first one was the um, Mr. Russ. Mr. Yeah, I, I gotta go like a little bit of a different direction because I think number one for me is probably the band Tool. Uh, that band. Okay. Uh, so big Tool fan, and then probably second has got to throw it for my boy in Seattle, Macklemore too. Definitely one of my favorite artists, just coming up from from Seattle and making something out of nothing. Uh, it's a huge fan. I like that. I like that. I can, you know, although I'm not a fan of Macklemore's music, I can respect the come up and the overcoming and the slip ups. And, you know, he's just a human at the end of the day. And he's been able to to, to grow and become an iconic figure for a city. Um, and, uh, he, I mean, he did a he did, I remember we, uh, I went to a college show with when I was in college in 2011 when he was still a nobody. And uh, three hundred yep. person show at my at my school, you know, and I don't I remember walking by it and no one was there. So, like to see the meteoric rise for someone like that is pretty damn inspiring, right? Dude, I mean, he really was hustling around Seattle with a backpack, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Like I remember he was doing shows at a friend of mine's like fashion shop up in Kirkland, and so yeah, before before he was anything, so you go from that to where he's at now. It's like, and then what he's doing with the uh, bogey horses, you know, respect the guys at businessman. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, I got to say, at least I, I, uh, I'll i give you guys a three for this year for me because we'd be really on the music shit. But, uh, you know, Young Dolph for me, RIP, uh, Nip, RIP. And then I listen to a lot of currency. So if I got to say those are like those are the three that I'm bumping generally every day. Uh, I also want to shout out the uh, the low key fire playlist that we got on our Spotify. So if you guys just search low key fire, we got a curated playlist on there that's filled with just all the newest, dopest music. And then we got other playlists on there too that have like a, you know, more of a curated experience depending on the style or you know where it's from or whatever it is. And so, uh, really appreciate you guys being on the show today, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah we, thank you for your time. Yeah, appreciate you, my man. Thank you for having us. Man, it's been it's been an honor, everybody. This is uh, episode seventy five featuring the homies over at Cream of the Crop, COTC. Make sure you guys keep your eyes and ears peeled for. 
uh, all things going on. I believe you said your Instagram is cotc underscore gardens, correct? That's correct. And um, you know, you guys can catch probably some of the good drops. Uh, visit their website. Uh, what's your guys' website? It's uh, creamofthecropgardens.com. Easy, creamofthecropgardens.com. You guys can search that. Go learn a little bit about the brand. Um, you guys are available across many of the largest and most respected retailers in Southern California. Do you guys uh, want to shout out a couple of places where your product's available at? Uh, down here in San Diego, uh, Mankind is a great place to swing by uh, and pick up our products. You think in Los Angeles, depending, I mean, Los Angeles is such a big, big, crazy place to go. Uh, but downtown LA, you can swing by Peoples um, or any of the MMD locations across Long Beach, uh, Central, LA, Central LA and North Hollywood. Up in NorCal, um, we're located in all the premier society shops. Um, and then you can also find the Diamond Barrel at uh, all the High Times locations. Hell yeah, you guys are available all over the place. I love it. Make sure you guys like, follow, and subscribe. Hopefully, we will bring you back on here very soon. See if we can get you guys worked into another show. We can talk more about some strains. Maybe you guys, uh, we can review some of the, the, the new drops together. So have a little sesh. Be done. 100%. Sounds Absolutely. good to me. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe. Drop some comments. Let us know what you think. Please go follow uh, COTC underscore gardens on Instagram. Visit their website, creamofthecropgardens.com. And fellas, I'll see you guys down the line. Episode 75, North American Weed Tour podcast. Have a good night, everybody.